on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. The series now even between the Brewers and the Cardinals, and it is once again a tie atop first place in the NL Central. Brewers come up short. They lose today to St. Louis by a 6-2 score. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauly, former Brewer Vinny Rotino alongside. If you want to join us for the show, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Vinny, this is a game where the Brewers were going with uh, Chichi Gonzalez to uh, to get this to, to kind of make a spot start. He's joined the organization. He can be a starter. He can be a long reliever. He hasn't pitched in a really long time. hadn't had a lot of success earlier this year before he was with the Brewers. He kept the team in the game, giving up the three runs on four hits. But offensively, they just couldn't find a way to score enough runs today. Yeah, I mean, five walks by Jack Flaherty. They couldn't get that next big hit that Craig Council always talks about. Uh, just couldn't get it done uh, offensively. And you do not want to let these St. Louis Cardinals uh, pitchers off the hook, especially when they have the back end of the bullpen that they do have with Ryan Helsley going two innings and just totally shut down as well. Just, again, just the same old story. Just couldn't get that next big hit, especially against a Jack Flaherty who did not look like he was at his best. Only 70, out of 71 pitches, only 35 strikes. So five walks by him, which was totally uncharacteristic. So um, Chi-Chi held his own, you know, 47 strikes out of 73 pitches. He got through four. Um, I thought he did an okay job and, and just did what he was probably asked to do. I thought it was interesting when Craig Council was talking with uh, Bob Euchre prior to the game. He was asked about Flaherty and essentially said, you know, they're familiar with him, but since it's been so long since he's pitched, he may be a different guy now. You just don't know. And uh, I don't know. To me, I I didn't see any major differences in who he's been before. Well, at times in the past, and I'm talking about four or five years ago, when he did have the healthy arm and the healthy shoulder, he has been battling quite a bit of that in his career is he was up to you know 97-98 from a very deceptive slot with a hard lateral sweeping slider and a curveball that kind of had a similar shape to it. So I, I thought his stuff in the past seemed a little bit sharper. Again, health is going to be an issue with him just because of the way that he does it and the way that he throws. He really strides down the hill, and he's got it like a low... Uh, low elbow type of a release, and so he may be battling injuries. But, yeah, I, I think they should have been able to take advantage of him early on in the game. I thought his his stuff was not very sharp, and they just weren't able to do so. 6-2, the Brewers lose today to the Cardinals. If you want to join us, you can do so. We'll be with you until uh, midnight tonight. The phone number, the Ankinet Mortgage Talk and text line, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program, at Matt Pauley on air. Coming up around uh, 11.30 or so, we'll get the uh, post-game comments manager, Craig Council. After that, we'll go back through the game with the highlights. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Cardinals, and now the series even at a game apiece halfway through this four-game set. The news is coming up in two minutes. More of this program after that. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Two balls and two strikes, and Gonzalez from the windup to pitch. And he got him looking with a slider. Nailed the lower outside corner, and he strikes out Tommy Edmond. That is strikeout number one for Gonzalez. 
Brewers come up short. They lose to the Cardinals today, 6-2. Brewers' extra innings does continue on. My name's Matt Pauley. Vinny Rotino alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, Brewers just could not get anything going offensively. They scored two runs in the first inning, and then that's it. They're not held, uh, heard from from an offensive standpoint the rest of the way. Doug texting in to the program says two runs in the first inning, then they disappear already going back to the two-run game, still not proving that they uh, can hit good pitching, can't play the Reds all the time. Too bad the Brewers can't go down to the minors and bring up a Nolan Gorman needed jump start. There's not many teams out there that can bring up a Nolan Gorman. He's going to be a good one. I guess, Vinny, my question to that would be, how many teams out there really can hit really good pitching? Now, we can argue whether tonight's pitching from the Cardinals was really good pitching or not, but when when it's legit really good pitching out there, I don't think there's many teams that have success against it. Yeah, the problem with, and I haven't really worked through this problem that intensively yet, Matt, but like to your point, like what teams can really hit? I mean, hitting is very difficult to watch at times uh, all around the league, and why is that? It, in the past, there was a few teams that had these pitching labs. There's a few teams that had really robust data and analytics teams that would really dig in and, t- and really show guys how to get guys out. And now every team has this. And so that's why hitting is so difficult. Every team has a guy or a lab that, that shows each guy, like, okay, you need to throw your slider one inch to the left, okay, because that's going to look more like your fastball out of your hand. So that makes it that much more to hit up and down the league, and it doesn't matter what arm is doing it. I guarantee you Peter Strezlecki has been a guy that's gone into the pitching lab and has kind of refined his stuff. So my point is hitting's really hard. It's hard to hit really good pitching regardless if you have all that stuff and data and analytics to help. And to your point, Matt, it's, I think every team is struggling with this. Um, I mean, the Cardinals throw out a guy, Jack Flaherty, who they should have gotten some some more hits off of. They didn't. But then they also bring in a guy named Zach Thompson, who is a a first-round draft pick, who is an up-and-coming arm, who's going to be a really good starter in this league in the future. And then then Gallego. Then they they face leverage arms as well. So they they really, once they lost the lead, they were really at an uphill uh, climb to, to win this one. There's a documentary out there. It's called Fastball. And I think it's on Netflix, but the Pauly household has about nine million streaming services, so it could be on uh, it could be on anything. I think it's on Netflix. And inside this documentary, uh, they say that you should not be able a, a hitter should not be able to basically hit a fastball. That with how much time it takes for the brain to react, that a fastball gets out of the pitcher's hand into the catcher's mitt faster than you should be able to react to it. And, and nobody actually knows why hitters are able to hit fastballs because you shouldn't be able to. And then to take that one step further, for those of you on Twitter, I'm sure many people are familiar with like the Pitching Ninja account where they'll overlay two separate pitches. You'll see a guy throwing a 95-mile-per-hour fastball and an 82-mile-per-hour changeup, and they'll look exactly the same coming out of the hand, and then all of a sudden they're ending up in two different places in two different times. So you shouldn't be able to hit in the first place, and there's no way to identify pitches coming out of many of these pitchers' hands. I just, I, I'm with you, Vinny. I don't know how guys do it. 
Yeah, I mean, if if uh, you stood in right now, and even if I stood in right now, and I had thousands of at bats in the minor leagues, and you know, a handful of them in the big leagues, like so. If you stood in right now and saw an 85-mile-an-hour fastball, it would look like an aspirin tablet. And now all of a sudden you're saying 95 with nasty change-up sliders that are coming out of the same exact window looking exactly like the fastball out of the pitcher's hand. It's like, yeah, no, you, you have to guess pitches. You have to you know, somehow try and slow the game down in your brain. Um, because, like you said, the brain shouldn't be able to do it. And it's it's – I think the teams – there, there's certainly guys that are that can hit, right? I mean, and they're mostly on the Dodgers. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you do, as much as we're saying that it's difficult to hit, you do, you do still have to learn how to change your approach, with, especially with two strikes. And I think that's what I think fans, especially the fans of the Brewers that have seen so many strikeouts and so many dominant at-bats by opposing pitchers, just the kind of battle and try and survive, and survive for that next pitch. Again, at times they've done that. But it's coming, in my opinion. It is coming. I think they just got to stay healthy. they got to get in a good rhythm. We saw this at times from them last year. Um, point is, hitting's hard. Um, you just need to get hot and, and, and score some runs somehow. Our guy Tommy back at the station said that the documentary Fastball is on YouTube, and you can watch it for free on YouTube. I did not initially watch it there, but if anybody wants to watch it for free, it is on uh, YouTube. A text message from the 414. Maybe one of our problems is that we have Chichi Rodriguez and Jason Alexander starting two of the four games versus uh, the division-leading Cardinals. Vinny, I don't think it's a fair text message because, again, the Brewers lose this game not because of pitching. Like Chichi, like, Chichi's, uh, and it's Gonzalez, not Rodriguez, but Chichi... Um, He's not the reason the Brewers lost this game. They scored two runs. Jason Alexander's done a really nice job. Too often, I feel like, when the Brewers aren't scoring runs, uh, people are trying to blame pitching. It's, it, the Brewers aren't scoring runs. That's the bottom line here. So how this game plays out, let's say the Brewers do score, let's just say the number of four runs. Now that's the magic number for the Brewers to win ball games. Their record is really good when they score four runs. Let's just say they scored four runs when Jack Flaherty was in the game. The score of the game would have been four to three, even after Chi-Chi Rodriguez, the golfer, <laughs> wasn't pitching, but Chi-Chi Gonzalez, the pitcher, was pitching. It's four to three. He comes out of the game. All of a sudden, you bridge the game. With your relievers, you throw Holby in there, you throw uh, Boxberger, and then you bridge the game somehow to, uh, and then Suter pitched well tonight, I forgot that. So like Suter, Holby, uh, then to Boxberger, then to Williams and Hayter. The Brewers win, right? I mean, that, that's just been the recipe. So it matters when they score yeah. as well. So that's part of the issue here. They obviously gave up the lead, and all of a sudden you're throwing, um, you know, not your leverage guys to get to the back end of the bullpen. So it wasn't a poorly pitched game. I agree with you. It was it was the, the bats that just literally after Willie Adamas, they did nothing after Willie Adamas' home run in the first. Two runs on four hits compared to six runs on 11 hits. And when the Brewers had opportunities, they didn't do anything with it. They go 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position compared to the Cardinals 3 for 8. Brewers come up short. They lose today to St. Louis 6-2. We'll continue on with the program in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Here comes the... 1-2, and it's a high fly ball to deep center field. Taylor going back, looking up. It's off the batter's eye and gone, and the Cardinals lead it 3-2. Brewers end up losing today to St. Louis 6-2. Brewers extra innings continues. We are live at American Family Field. 
My name is Matt Pauley. Vinny Rotino here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. A text message from the 414. First off, they asked about yesterday and uh, a replay review, a team losing it and then being able to get another one later in the game. So the rule is uh, you can ask for a crew chief review in the 8th and ninth innings. It used to be the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Now I think it's just the 8th and ninth. So you can lose your challenge and still get uh, reviews uh, in the 8th and ninth. Uh, so that's why it worked out yesterday, just to answer that part of your question. But uh, the big part from the 262, is this what we have to look forward to the rest of the season? Two runs or less every night, and then only if somebody hits a home run. The pitching will get better as the horses come off the injured list, but the offense is anemic and getting hard to watch. Vinny, I do wonder. Like, I'm, I continue to be really comfortable with a lot of the position players on this team, even though they're not producing runs. But it also feels like they need a bat, and I feel like there's a ton of pressure right now on Tyrone Taylor because he's he's the guy right now who's being given an opportunity to show what he can do, maybe as an everyday guy, and if he doesn't do enough then maybe that's the place where David Stearns and Matt Arnold say, okay, we're going to go out and bring in an outfielder because you're not getting the production from Taylor. Now, maybe that's not fair. I think Hunter Renfro is giving you good production. Obviously, Christian Yelich, there's been struggles this year. It's been better with him at the top of the order. It's not fair to just focus in on one guy. Uh, even Andrew McCutcheon has been kind of hit or miss this year. But it just it feels like where this team is at right now, man, there's pressure on Tyrone Taylor. Yeah, I mean, this is not only pressure on him to produce for this team to make the playoffs and, and have a run, but it is think about the pressure on him personally. Like, this is his, finally his opportunity to play every day at the major league level. I mean, he's been going at this at pro ball for over 10 years now. I mean, he got drafted a long time ago, and he spent a lot of time in the minor leagues. He's one of the only guys ever to have a higher batting average in the major leagues than the minor leagues, right? I mean, so he actually started to develop as of late, and all of a sudden now he's being asked to be a very crucial part, a very integral integral part, and play center field in the middle of the diamond for a team that has World Series aspirations. So a lot of pressure on him. Um, He's... He has to kind of settle down and just and just play, and we've seen that from him. What he can do when he's done that, and then it's so difficult because you start to play mind games a little bit with yourself to see, okay, does the do they have the book out on me, and do I have to make more adjustments? It's like no, you have to stick with your strengths, and that's easier said than done. So I do feel bad for him with all that pressure, but um, I think he can do it. I, th- I think he can. I think he's a guy that can produce and play every day in, the ce- in center field. He's got seven homers and 27 RBIs, and we've seen him carry this team at times. So um, otherwise, yeah, I think that some names that have been kicked around is like Ramon Lariano and stuff, but we also have heard that they, they're not going to afford to go out and get someone that's that's expensive and making big dollars in arbitration. So we'll see what happens. And we can talk about the, you know, the bottom of the order and guys like Tyron Taylor. Taylor's your nine-hitter. So here we are talking about what you want out of your nine-hitter. The bottom line is 
The middle of the order today was a black hole. Roddy Telez, 0 for 2. Andrew McCutcheon, 0 for 2. Hunter Renfro, 0 for 3. Uh, Victor Caratini, 0 for 4. He gave the last one a ride. Thought that one might get out. Uh, it didn't. But when your 3, 4, 5 hitters go a combined 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0 for 11, you're not going to win many games. Yeah, those guys in particular are super important to the the success of the team. And then also include Willie Adamas in there. I know he hit the home run, but he was kind of quiet after the home run uh, with some empty at-bats. So you need consistency out of those guys. Those guys are very, very important to the success of the offense. Um, you just want to see a little bit more consistency out of that. And Rowdy Telez hasn't hit a home run since May 20th. Um, either May 20th or it's been 20 games. I think it's been 20 games since he's hit a home run. So he needs to connect on one just to get him off the, yeah. that schneid. And then hopefully, because they do come in bunches, then hopefully it'll come in bunches. At Brew Crew, Scott asks, in your opinion, why Chi-Chi instead of Ethan Small? Small pitch two days ago. I think that was, you know, the Ashby injury, the decision to put him on the injured list came late. He got through his... Uh, off day pitching and came out of that and it just wasn't quite right and to be very very careful they put him on the injured list i think it was the night before that that small pitch to triple a uh so you really didn't have the small wasn't an option at that moment small's also been really struggling with throwing strikes at the triple a level so it's one of those cases where a guy goes up makes his major league debut doesn't do well so he tries harder in triple a and that never works out so I don't think they were comfortable with bringing him back up and not throwing strikes, and all of a sudden he goes two and a third or something, and then they really wear out their bullpen. So Chi-Chi actually gave them a little bit of length, a little bit of bulk with the total innings pitched in tonight's game, so it saved their bullpen a little bit. Um, I mean, he didn't pitch well enough to really like win or dominate this, this St. Louis Cardinals team, but he, he held his own. I'll say he held his own. So um, not a great option to start, but good enough. In the month of June at AAA, Ethan Small has an 8.74 ERA, 10 walks, 9 strikeouts, and 11 and a third innings. Yeah, walks are, are going to be his issue, you know, until further notice, right? I mean, this guy's got to be in the zone. He's got to learn how to get swing and miss in the zone he's got to learn how to get outs in the zone because he relies on chase outside of the zone and that just doesn't work at the major league level and so you just got to figure that out i I don't know if this is going on with small or not right now and you kind of alluded to it a bit i think i've talked to pitchers before who get that big league opportunity it does not go especially well whether it doesn't go especially well in their first start or they have an okay start but eventually they just kind of lose it and they get sent back to triple a and they get there, and the pitching coach comes to him and says, all right, now let's get to work. There seems to be something that happens between pitcher and pitching coaches when a guy gets that first big league taste and then returns to AAA afterwards. Yeah, yeah. again, it's, it's, like, it's almost like, and I'm not saying that this is happening to Ethan Small, but I'm just, I've, seen, I've seen exactly what you're saying a million times um, where, yeah, a guy, and I, you know, the the pitching coach maybe wants to help this guy get back to the big leagues, and all of a sudden, this, you know, the stamp gets put on him that you know the pitching coach in AAA helped. I'm not alluding to that. Is what's happening whatsoever? I think the the pitching staff with the uh, Nashville Sounds is absolutely one of the best in the business. I'm just saying, like. You know, that could be a, a scenario with some pitchers, but then Ethan Small certainly 
is probably trying a bit too hard after getting that first taste of the major leagues, and all of a sudden he feels like he's got to totally change his repertoire. He doesn't. He just has to tweak the way that he the way that he executes stuff to make sure that it stays within the zone and, and to the edges, quite frankly, of the zone. So we'll see if he can make that adjustment. 6-2, the Brewers lose to the Cardinals today. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Back with more in just a moment here on WTMJ. Yelich, pretty good lead. Now the pitch. Willie sends it to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Goal for Willie Adamas. And just like that, they have tied it up. But they end up losing this one today as the Brewers fall to St. Louis 6-2. First two games of this four-game series now even at a game apiece. Two more to go. If either team wins each of the next two games, they'll be the first-place team at the end of the series. If they split the next two games, these two teams will go their separate ways. Once again, tied atop the Central as it sits right now. 855 That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Mike in Colorado says, Sounded like many of those launch angle swings fell short tonight when just making contact to put the ball in play might have resulted in more hits and some runs and possibly a different outcome. There is a contingent, and Mike, I don't know if this describes you or not. I'm not trying to uh, to put this on you, but I think what you just said, that that sentiment would be shared by many of the type of people I'm about to describe. There are people out there that they hear something like launch angle and they, they, they don't like it. It makes them feel like, oh, they're, they're, you know, you got to just play old school baseball. And that's not old school baseball. So hitters are not like focused on launch angle when they're sitting there at the plate. But when, where launch angle plays out is as they work on their swing, when they're in the cage and they're developing what their swing is going to look like, they do want to have a certain trajectory on the swing because they want the trajectory that's going to give them the, the best opportunity to get a hit, a trajectory that's going to get it over the infielders, a trajectory that might get it over the wall. Uh, if you hit a, if you hit a pitch off the bat 100 miles per hour, and you hit it 10 times, and if you, the idea of launch angle isn't even part of your consideration when you're putting together your swing, if you hit it 10 times and when you don't even think about it, well, three of those are going to be hits. But then when you do think about uh, making sure that you have the correct launch angle off your swing, and it's going to give you six hits. Well, that still means four times you're not getting hits. Now, that's a really dumbed-down, basic way to describe this, but it's just we, we, put these, we put these titles and these names on things. It's just using data and uh, using it the, the best way possible to have the best success. The, the Brewers use the pitching lab. We talk so much about that. That pitching lab is going to tell Corbin Burns, go throw your cutter a lot and put your cutter in this location. Well, should Corbin Burns stop doing that because pitching labs didn't exist 20 years ago? No, like that's crazy talk. So 
Yeah, people get offended by some of the terms that we use nowadays when it comes to baseball. But here's, here's the bottom line on all of it. It's taking data, and it's using the data to give you the best opportunity to have success. Nothing, nothing is ever going to work out 100% of the time. My, Mike, I love you, I, and I, I appreciate how often you text and how loyal you are to this show. You're one of my favorite people uh, listening to the program. Uh, you've sent a few text messages lately that we haven't been able to get to talking about the bunts that have happened, and almost every single time you've sent those messages, runs haven't scored in those innings where bunts have been put down. Like there was one game where Juan Soto with Washington put down a bunt. He can bunt all day long. Great. If he's putting down a bunt, that means he's not putting it over the wall. Um, so, like, that's, at the end of the day, it's about what gives you the best opportunity to score runs as a hitter and what gives you the best opportunity to prevent runs as a pitcher and also what you do from a defensive standpoint. And using launch angle and developing your swing is a big way to score more runs. And, I, I, again, I think... It's not like there's a guy at the plate holding the bat going, okay, i gotta, I got to get this thing 12 degrees higher, and I'll be okay. Like that's, not a, that's not an overt thought that is going through uh, when they're at the plate, but using launch angle to construct your swing as you're going through your work, uh, that is something that does exist. I wasn't trying to beat up on you, Mike. I hope you uh, did not take it that way. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. I don't get this text message from Jerry in Bayview. said, uh, the crew is going nowhere with Brent Suter. Too many hits and runs given up. Uh, well, I, I don't understand why this text message was sent tonight, Jerry, and if you would like to expound upon that, I, I would be curious to know. Brent Suter tonight got four outs. He faced four batters. He did not give up any hits. He did not give up any runs. If you look at Suter's last four outings, he has given up one run and one hit. That's it in his last four outings. Three of his last four outings have been scoreless. Now, the overall number is not great. His uh, ERA, even after the uh, scoreless appearance today, at 4.39. The ERA was above 5 as, as, as recent as about a week and a half ago. He has not had the start to the season that he would like. But I think we all know the type of pitcher that Brent Suter is. Um, and he's, he's had as much bad luck as any pitcher out there, kind of getting dinked and dunked to death uh, at times. So... Brent Suter is a really big part of this bullpen, and Suter is still a guy that you absolutely can rely on to get outs. And I just, uh, of everything that happened in this game tonight, uh, Suter, you can make the argument maybe Willie Adamas because he hit the home run. But who else had a more positive impact for the Brewers in this game than Brent Suter? Willie Adamas had the home run. Luis Urias had uh, two hits, including a double. And Brent Suter got four outs without giving up a run or a hit. Like the, those are your those are your MVPs from this game today. Brewers end up losing six two to St. Louis. When we come back, we'll get the post game comments. Manager Craig Council. That's coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Chances are you're jamming in your car right now. And since Liberty Mutual customizes car insurance, so you only pay for what you need, Limu and I are going to show you some safe car dance moves. Hit it. 
Everybody, check your blind spots real quick. Now hands on the wheel. Put them ten in two and move your head like a bird do. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Technology allows us to manage everything from our wrists. Get the fly swatter. Not necessary. My smartwatch will take care of it. But to manage all your clouds, you need more than technology. You need a VMware cross-cloud services solution orchestrated by CDW to simplify workflows, speed innovation, and secure all your applications across any cloud. Does your watch tell time? Only if you get the app. VMware makes robust multi-cloud management possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash VMware. During Ken Michaels Furniture's 62nd anniversary sale, you'll save up to 62% off our entire showroom of quality furniture and mattresses. Choose your style of new sofa, chair, or sectional in the fabric or leather you want, all with special anniversary sale pricing. Amish solid wood dining and bedroom pieces are marked down to move. Even special orders are anniversary sale priced. So stop in today and save during Ken Michaels Furniture's 62nd anniversary sale in Brookfield, Greenfield, or downtown Milwaukee. Milwaukee mattresses are made with the finest materials and support systems. Inner spring, latex rubber, individually pocketed or gel memory foam choices give you every comfort option. Take a test rest and you'll feel the quality and see a price tag marked hundreds less than premium national mattress brands. Why? Because they come direct from our factory and sold at our Ken Michaels Furniture Stores in Brookfield, Greenfield, or downtown Milwaukee, where no middleman means no extra markup and real savings for you. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Here it is. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with a high fastball. And St. Louis takes game two. That was the final out. Brewers that come up short. They lose to St. Louis 6-2. It is once again a first-place tie in the NL Central. Brewers had that one-game lead coming into today's game after they picked up the win yesterday. And two more games to go in this series. It's going to be fun every single time these two teams match up from here to the end of the season. Brewers have their pitching lined up about as well as it can be for the next two games. Eric Lauer will go uh, tomorrow. And then uh, Jason Alexander, who... You just keep riding him as long as he goes strong. It's been pretty impressive watching him do what he has been doing. A lot of times those kind of older, non-prospect pitchers who have those uh, great starts to their careers, sometimes eventually some video and some things like that get out and, and maybe they fall off a little bit, but we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet with Alexander, and maybe we won't see it. Maybe this is who he is, and uh, he is perfectly aligned to be uh, a very capable, long-term Major League pitcher. And if that's the case, that's just another great find for the Brewers. Adam Wainwright and Dakota Hudson going to start the final two games, respectively, for St. Louis. Brewers manager Craig Council spent some time meeting with the media just a few moments ago, opened up his uh, post-game thoughts, uh, really discussing the fact that uh, when the Brewers had some opportunities, especially against starter Jack Flaherty, they weren't able to do much with them. We got 12 outs. I think that was, you know, but going into it, we were hoping we get 12 outs. Um, so him getting us to that point in the game, um, you know, was a job well done. And Definitely still in the game at that point. Um, you know, man, we just we we had flair. It felt like we had Flaherty on the ropes a little bit in kind of every inning, um, and the next the next hit just never happened. Um, and I thought that was really the kind of key point key points in the game. 
you know, it happened early. We just didn't get that next hit when we had a shot. And, um, you know, they, they put their, they went with their big relievers and they, those guys did a really nice job. What do you think specifically um, you maybe struggled against against the Cardinals bullpen tonight? Well, we struggled with the guy throwing 103. Uh, he's pretty good. Um, he's he's having a heck of a year and he's he's throwing the ball very very well. Um, both those guys were fresh. That you could tell that too. They had pitched in a while. Um, they they were really crisp. You know, um, just kind of how their games have rolled. Obviously, that those those two haven't pitched in a while and. So they, those are good relievers. Those are good pitchers. Um, they did their job today. What did you guys say about Flaherty? Was the stuff, I mean, was it Jack Flaherty stuff or was it? Um, well, I, I mean, I think that the the thing we took note of is he wasn't he wasn't in the strike zone a lot, um, and, and that's how we got the rally started. Really, is some walks, um, but he he made some pitches when we got guys on when he got guys on base. Corman looks like he's going to be a good one, doesn't he? He's had a couple of pretty good games. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, in Chi-Chi's outing, I mean, he, you know, he had a shaky first and, and recovered with a couple of really nice innings. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, unfortunately, that, 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 that was kind of the pitch that you wish he had back to keep it a tie game there. But um, yeah, he had a nice game. That was Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. He was answering a question about Nolan Gorman, who had another really big game. So the Cardinals and guys named Nolan. You look at Nolan Arnado and Nolan Gorman and what they've been able to do. And they don't even have Paul Goldschmidt in the lineup today. Goldschmidt got uh, a day off. But Gorman was really good. He goes four for four. He has the two home runs. He has four RBIs. He's a guy who was just called up. I can tell you, people in St. Louis had been for a long time calling for the Cardinals to bring him up. And it took him a little while to do it. But now that he is up there, he is making quite the impact. I mean, you look at a guy who's hitting 280 now with six home runs and 17 RBIs, and he has not been up with the club uh, that long. And Just somebody as a Brewers fan you're going to see a lot of over the years. And uh, that's going to be uh, – you, know, you you appreciate watching really good plays. I, I found it interesting today. If you heard on the radio broadcast during the pregame conversation uh, with Craig Council and, and Bob Euchre, Council talked a lot about some of the plays that Nolan Arenado made yesterday at third base. And Arenado's arguably, maybe not even arguably, maybe he just simply is the best defensive third baseman in all of Major League Baseball. And while he's making these ridiculous plays against you, as a Brewers fan, I, I think – you're bummed out to see your team not come up with a hit, but at the same time, it's really fun. It's really fun to watch those kind of plays get made and really good defensive plays. You know, we live in a in an era of baseball right now that's a little bit different because run scoring is down and run scoring outside of home runs is down. Like you think about what are the exciting things that happen in baseball on a regular basis. Well, in a pre- in previous eras of baseball putting together those long innings where you collect five or six hits and, and you know, you're moving runners over and doing all that. Like that's, a, that's a really exciting few minutes of baseball. It happens. It just does not happen very often in today's Major League Baseball. So what are the things that do happen a fair amount of time, you know, quite regularly, that are really exciting? 
And I think you look specifically to the defense. We were talking about this the other day when it comes to uh, Lorenzo Kane because Kane was as good as anybody in Major League Baseball over the course of the last 10 years at bringing home run balls back over the wall. And what's a more exciting play than taking a home run away? Like th- that's, and I guess that doesn't fully, fully uh, fit under my description because that doesn't happen that often. But, yeah, watching Nolan Arnato do what he did yesterday at third base, some of those plays he made. But same thing, watching Omar Nervaez making the plays that he made yesterday, watching uh, the tag get put in by, uh, by Luis Urias on that throw down to second yesterday. Uh, Willie Adamas made a great play yesterday. These defensive plays, especially in games like yesterday, where each team is putting together a really, really good overall defensive effort, those are my favorite kind of games. I loved yesterday's game. Today's game, not as much. I loved yesterday's game, uh, even though there wasn't a lot of run scoring. It was a 2 nothing game, and there are, trust me, there are a fair share of boring 2 nothing games. Lots of strikeouts, just maybe a two-run home run, and, and not a lot of action. There was action yesterday. It was a 2 nothing game with action, and guys stepped up and made some really big defensive plays to help keep it a 2 nothing game. 6-2, the Brewers come up short. They lose to St. Louis today. When we come back, we'll go back to the game with the highlights. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 6-2, the Brewers lose to the Cardinals today. Starting a pitching matchup for the Brewers making his team debut Chichi Gonzalez, the Cardinals with Jack Flaherty on the mound, and it would be the Cardinals who would strike first in the top of the first inning against Gonzalez. With one out, Brendan Donovan gets a base hit. That brings up Nolan Arenado. Two strikes. Smash fair down the left field line and bouncing back in the shallow left. And Arenado is going to have a one-out double, and the Cardinals have runners at second and third and only one out. That allows Juan Yepes to ground into an RBI uh, ground out, and it scores a run. Donovan comes in, gives the Cardinals a 1-0 lead. The next hitter is Nolan Gorman. Here he comes again. Swinging, liner into right center. It is going to be caught by McCutcheon on a short hop, but a run is going to score. Nolan Arenado is in on a heck of a play by McCutcheon. Two runs in the top of the first inning for St. Louis, but the Brewers... They answer those runs in the bottom of the first. Christian Yelich leads things off with a walk. The next hitter is Willie Adamas. Yelich, pretty good lead. Now the pitch. Willie sends it to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Willie Adamas. And just like that, they have tied it up. 2-2. The Brewers certainly had some opportunities there in the first Two more walks were issued by Jack Flaherty, but the Brewers cannot come up with that next hit, as Craig Council likes to say, and it is a two-run first inning. Little do we know at the time, that would be it in terms of Brewers' run scoring. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez again on the mound for the first time ever for the Brewers. He throws a scoreless second inning, going to the third. First batter of the inning for St. Louis is Tommy Edmond. Two balls and two strikes, and Gonzalez from the windup the pitch. And he got him looking with a slider. Nailed the lower outside corner. And he strikes out Tommy Edmond. That is strikeout number one for Gonzalez. 
As first strikeout as a Brewer puts up a zero there in the third inning, but not in the fourth with one out. Nolan Gorman at the plate. Here comes the 1-2, and it's a high fly ball to deep center field. Taylor going back, looking up. It's off the batter's eye and gone, and the Cardinals lead it 3-2. We knew that this was a day that we were likely to see the starting pitchers not have a whole lot of length. Jack Flaherty would be done after three innings. He's coming off injury. This is just his second start, and he didn't make any rehab starts, so he was on a pitch count. Zach Thompson comes in to pitch for St. Louis in the fourth, and Gonzalez was done after four innings for the Brewers. Brent Suter came in to uh, pitch in the fifth inning for the Brewers. It would remain a uh, 3-2 game for quite some time as uh, each team went through a number of pitchers through the uh, fourth, fifth, sixth innings. In the seventh inning, though, the Cardinals would uh, get back going. First hitter of the seventh is Nolan Gorman. 2-1 pitch. High fly ball, deep right field. This is back, and it is gone. And Nolan Gorman has gone deep again. It's 4-2 Cardinals. Yeah, two home runs there for Gorman. Then uh, Dylan Carlson would walk. Harrison Bader would pop out. So two outs in the inning before Lars Newtbar would get a base hit. Uh, that allows uh, Carlson to move up to second, but uh, actually one out of the inning, I should say. Uh, the Cardinals would uh, not get any more runs in the inning. The Brewers would get out of it with Andrew Kisner at the plate. 2-0 pitch, ground ball to third. Behind the bag, fielded by Peterson to second for one. On to first in time. Oh, what a double play turned by the Brewers here in the top of the seventh. Peterson to Reyes to Telez. Peter Strezlecki would come in to pitch for the Brewers in the eighth inning. He'd give up a base hit to Tommy Edmond and then a base hit to Brendan Donovan. So runners on at the corners for Nolan Arenado. There's a base hit for Arenado. It is 5-0 now on a line single to left. His second hit tonight. After a Juan Yepes fly out, Nolan Gorman's back at the plate. The pitch. Swing a line drive to... Left, going to drop for a base hit. Another run's going to score, and Arenado will hold at second. And it is now 6-2. That would end up being the final score. Brewers pitchers will be having nightmares of Nolan Gorman tonight after what he was able to do. Ryan Helsley would come in to pitch for the Cardinals in the eighth inning. Puts up a zero in the eighth to the ninth inning. He gets Victor Caratini to fly out, but then Luis Urias... He doubles, so he's on at second. There's one out. The next hitter is Jace Peterson. He strikes out, and then Tyrone Taylor comes up representing the final hope for the Brewers. Here it is. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with a high fastball. And St. Louis takes game two. 6-2 the final with the win. The Cardinals go to 39-31. and The Brewers, they drop to 39-31, and so they once again have identical records at the top of the division. St. Louis, six runs, 11 hits, no errors. They leave five. The Brewers, two runs, four hits, no errors. They leave seven. Winning pitcher Thompson for St. Louis, his first win of the year. He's 1-0. Gonzalez takes the loss for the Brewers, uh, his first loss this year with the Brewers and his first appearance 0-1. 
Home runs hit in the game. Nolan Gorman has two of them, hitting his fifth and sixth of the year. Willie Adamas goes deep for the Brewers. Adamas hitting his 14th. The game lasting three hours and 13 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 30,208 folks here at American Family Field. Brewers lose to the Cardinals 6-2. Game three of this four-game series coming up tomorrow. We'll preview that. We'll get you some scores from around baseball. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Starting to wrap up the program after the Brewers come up short. They lose to St. Louis today 6-2. Game three of the four-game series tomorrow evening back here at American Family Field. Just a couple minutes left in the program. I want to address this tweet because I said something a few moments ago. It's kind of offhand when I was talking about the most exciting things that happen in baseball. And basically I said these seeing it happen all the time where there's a lot of action and a lot of hits and moving runners overs and things like that. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen in today's baseball because it's, that's not the way you score the most amount of runs. And there's people that hear me say that and they think I'm wrong and I'm off base and yada, yada, yada. They just, it isn't how you score. It's, it's, you don't maximize your run scoring output playing baseball that way. So, got an interesting uh, tweet from at Thumbs Up Barry. He says, maybe I'm overthinking it, but what you just described is exactly why so many people clamor for more bunting. It puts the ball in play and creates action. I completely understand your view and the analytics of it, but it's better than a strikeout, just my two cents. I don't disagree with you. One of the problems that baseball has right now is it is not aesthetically pleasing. But Mark Atanasio didn't hire David Stearns to create a roster that plays aesthetically pleasing baseball. They didn't hire Craig Council to play a style of baseball that's aesthetically pleasing. They hired them to win games, and bluntly they have done a fantastic job in doing that. They have won a lot of games. So we need to differentiate the two things. You can say as an organization, you know what, we're going to go put, we're gonna put bunt down, and we're going to steal tons of bases, and we're going to put together a roster with just a bunch of slap hitters, and we're going we're gonna to play small ball. Okay, and you're not going to win that many games. It's going to be an entertaining brand of baseball, but you're not going to win a lot of games. So that's where the disconnect comes in in all of this. You don't, you don't win games doing that anymore. It just, you just don't. And people don't want to hear that. I guarantee you probably half the people who's listening, who are listening to the show right now think I'm so off base when I say that. You just don't. The, the data says it. You don't win games that way. So, again, the job of people who either put together the roster or create the style of play, the job is to win baseball games. And right now, with the way baseball is and the rules that are in place and everything, you win baseball games more often playing a style of game that is not especially aesthetically pleasing. And it is a major problem that baseball has. It's why we're probably going to see the shift banned at some point, why other they're really trying to investigate what they can do. And it, everything has to do with pitching. Pitching is so far ahead of hitting right now. And the Brewers are, are such a great example of this. The Brewers have a pitching lab, and they, they, can, they can make almost any pitcher become their best self using the data and information that you're getting out of a pitching lab. There's no hitting labs because hitting is reactive. Pitching is the aggressive move. It's the first move. So, again, we don't have enough time to get completely into this, but 
that's uh, it is a problem. It is a big problem right now in the game of baseball, and I don't I, I'm not smart enough to figure out what they can do to find a way to fix it. Around the NL Central tonight, Pirates win again. They knock off the Cubs by a 7-1 score. Rosini Contreras gained the start for the Pirates. He's been really good, young pitcher. Uh, five innings, one run on four hits. He's now 2-1 and one with a 2.89 ERA. The Reds, they lose to the Dodgers tonight by an 8-2 score. Around the Brewers minor league system, low A Carolina loses at Downey's 5-2. High A Wisconsin loses at home to Quad Cities 13-5. Double A Biloxi knocks off of Pensacola. Five to three, and AAA Nashville they get a win over Gwinnett four one. Josh Lindblom picked up the win for the Sounds tonight. He is now two and four with a three point five four ERA. Mario Feliciano hit his first. Corey Ray hit his third home run of the season for Nashville in the win. Brewers and Cardinals play game three of this four-game set tomorrow afternoon back here at American Family Field. The Brewers will send left-handed pitcher Eric Lauer to the mound. Six and two, three point five seven ERA. St. Louis is set to oppose with righty Adam Wainwright. He's 5-5 five five with a 3.08 ERA. 7-10 first pitch network coverage at 6.35. Brewers warm-up at 6 o'clock. And I'll talk to you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.